It sure is, and ready to go for another evening here. Welcome to it, and already the phone lines are open, 416-870-6400-640 on your cell, or if you prefer, one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll-free. Call in if you have questions about uh, employment, your job, severance. If you're a boss or an employer, that's good, too. Call through if there's something you've been wondering about or want to clear up when it comes to uh, something as, as basic as a an employment agreement which really isn't basic, but it's a piece of paper for most of us, but it's a lot more in-depth than that. You have questions about that. Maybe you're severed. You're wondering if it's short or if you're calling on behalf of a friend or a family member, do so. Uh, call through. We'd love to talk to you for the next 50 minutes or so. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You can also slide over an email. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll do that, and we'll get in a little more depth with the Pocket Employment Lawyer. That's a new website. In the meantime, you can visit that pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But we always have the uh, the opening salvo, Dave, with the uh, the week that was. A couple things you wanted to uh, you wanted to talk about. What's going on, pal? Yeah, the uh, I want to talk about a really common one that I find comes up around this time of the year, and that is uh, people being let go. Um, I find it happens, you know, September through early December. And they're presented with a severance package, and you know a bonus is a big part of their compensation. Yet there's nothing on account of the accrued bonus or or a bonus during the the reasonable notice period. And I've had a number of these cases recently where um, you know someone's offered um, you know maybe not not a terrible package, but they've basically worked ten you know almost the entire year, right? In, in a lot of cases, it's right. ten or eleven months of the year. And the bonus is done, you know, on, on the calendar year. And as part of their offer, you know, they, they get a certain amount of uh, severance pay, um, but nothing for bonus, the accrued bonus that they've earned for that entire year. And so it's just something to look out for, um, you know, when you're, uh, when you're analyzing a severance package at this time is, you know, am I getting my full forms of compensation? Because, you know, we always start by talking about the weeks or the months that have been offered. But, yeah. um, and, you know, that is the starting point. And we need to make sure that's, you know, that's, you know, in, in line with the, the law. Um, but then the next step is, well, okay, are all forms of compensation covered? Like, what comprises that notice period? Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone could give you a great notice, you know, a notice period, but if it doesn't include, you know, your, your commissions, bonuses, car allowance, benefits, um, pension stuff like that. Um, it can really reduce the, uh, the, the basically the value of the offer, and, and I find that particularly so uh, the, right, right now. Um, just when uh, you know, if they're the withholding, uh, you know, ten or eleven months of your bonus, and if you earn a significant bonus, um, you know, that's definitely something worth fighting for. And courts do not like allowing employers to withhold that bonus, especially the accrued bonus. Uh, you know, there's a lot of case law on the issue, but uh, we don't need to get into the uh, the particulars of that. But, uh, you know, courts are really going to require the employer to have a very clear um, policy and, and language in their contract of employment that the employee signed that says, you know, you're not entitled to a bonus if you if you get let go, um, you know, even, even if during the reasonable notice period and you're not going to be entitled to your accrued bonus. And that has to be very clearly laid out to deprive an employee of that want to get into your uh, your second matter but as always uh, dave you know this the uh, phone lines are top priority 416-870-6400 star 640 on sale you're calling through please do you got tons of time we just got underway dave vaughn is uh taking all the heat and answering all the questions tonight derek thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on good evening hi am i on yes sir what's uh what's on your mind pal Hi, um, I was just recently let go of my job. I've been working at this company for about uh, four and a half years now. Mm -hmm. Um, Originally, I was hired in the GTA, and uh, at the time, I was only working about 15 minutes from my work. 
Then uh, about a year and a half into the job, I was told that the office space was moving locations, but I still had a job. It was about a 100-kilometer move away. Um, I decided that I was going to continue on. I renegotiated a raise, and I uh, did the commute outside of the GTA, about an hour to work for a little while. Then about a half a year later, I decided I was going to purchase a house out there, and I was only living about 15 minutes from work at the time. Fast forward to about a year later after buying that house, I'm told again that we're relocating again, but this time back to the GTA. Um, So basically now I'm having to commute back the opposite way, um, the same hour commute back. And uh, so I've been doing that for about a year. And just last week, I was told basically that um, my job is being phased out and it's no longer needed and that my last day of work would be in eight weeks. And I just worry because of, like, obviously the time of year and with the holidays and stuff and uh, my industry, the, the, the majority of the jobs are actually in the GTA. I just worry about the logistics of getting a new one and if I was given enough notice or not. Yeah, great, uh, great question and yeah. uh, very, uh, you know, tough uh, situation to go through. Uh, you know, in, you know, each of those times that moved or they, they moved where you're located, you probably, you, you know, you would have had the right to, um, you know, claim a constructive dismissal. I know you didn't do that, but um, that, that's just one thing uh, off the bat that uh, I should, uh, you know, make clear. Um, but once you accept it, you're, you know, you're, you're deemed to have accepted that, uh, the move, and, and that's part of your uh, employment. Um, in terms of the, uh, the severance package being offered to you, so they're, they're giving you eight weeks of working notice? So there's no dollar value attached to it. It was just uh, at the end of eight weeks, basically, it's no longer a job. Got it. Okay. So uh, how old are you, Derek? I'm 20, 26. 26. And what type of job is it? Um, it I'm like a video editor. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. The, um, you know, you'd probably get around four months worth of severance pay. So over double what they've offered you. So the you know an eight week severance package with four and a half years of service um, uh, you know with with your position probably isn't uh, isn't going to be good enough, uh, and I think the point you make about um, you know being let go. Uh, you know, now that you live out there, um, and a lot of the jobs in the GTA, um, are you, you going to look for work out there? Um, so that that could go into the notice period as well. Just uh, the situation, the unique situation you're in. All right. Um, I just have actually one more follow up question. Sure. Is, you bet. Um, if so. Um, sorry, the appointment of the employee may be, so I, in my, in my contract, there's one clause that I, it just kind of worries me. And I just don't know if it's something I should be worried about in terms of something like this. It basically says that the employee, the employment of the employee may be terminated at any time, in which case the minimum, the employee will be provided with the minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act with respect to notice and severance. Would that limit me? Potentially, it potentially would, but I'd have to read the entire contract um, okay. to see, uh, you know, if, if there would be a way to get around that. Uh, so I, I would definitely recommend giving us a call, and uh, we can okay. go through that and uh, and uh, just discuss a bit more of the uh, particular uh, facts, you know, unique to your situation, and and review that contract for you and see if we can get you uh, to, you know, get them to increase that severance package. Okay, great, thanks. And uh, in case, uh, like the. The work duties, since I am still working till the end of January, I'm assuming it's just normal work duties. But if they're asking me to do things like, like retrain people on tasks that were originally my jobs, my job duties, would you, I be? Yeah, yeah, you have to do your. You know, I mean, you have to perform your job, and um, you know, I think some of that, you know, an employer would have some leeway in terms of uh, having you, you know, assist with some. Um, 
you know, training moving forward. So okay. I would be careful to not, I, I don't, I wouldn't recommend, uh, you know, rejecting that or turning that down. I mean, it's not okay. like you have to take on additional hours or anything like that. Right. Um, but, you know, if, you know, there's some time to show people, you know, what to do and whatnot, um, you know, that's going to fall within the employer's discretion. Okay, great. Thanks. I'll follow up with that uh, contract then. Sounds Thank good. Thank you. Yeah, I do so, Derek. Again, here's the uh, the number to uh, to follow up with Dave, uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Moving on down the line, we'll keep it going. Joanne, thanks for hanging on this evening. Good evening. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Um, Great. I have a little bit of a complex matter. I And right now I'm before the HRTO. So I have to keep some things private, but um, through the disclosure, I, I worked at a large unionized company in Toronto, and I quit after 15 years. And um, I'm grateful that my union is uh, representing me through the HRTO procedure. But through the disclosure of the HRTO, we found out that uh, people within my employer were sharing my medical between several different departments for no reason. Like it wasn't, you know, to accommodate me or it wasn't to help me in any manner. Um, and, and it was being shared amongst people that really had no, that under the collective agreement, those departments weren't even um, allowed to review my medical because we had our own health department. Um, can you tell me, is there any uh, other avenue I can take to pursue legal action? Because I wrote the uh, Freedom of Information and Privacy Commission, and they said, well, it is a breach of privacy, and um, but it is because it was shared within the employer, the legislation does not give them jurisdiction over the employer. And that because I was in a unionized environment, I would have to go through the grievance procedure, but I can't do that because I, I quit. I resigned. That's interesting because, I mean, that's absolutely right that you'd have to go through the union. Now, the fact that it happened while you worked there, uh, could that not, I mean, you should ask the union whether that could still form part of a grievance. Yeah, well... And then the other issue would be, I mean, if there's say, if the if the employer takes the position, or you know, it's found that the you can't pursue it through the grievance procedure because of the when it happened, uh, and and the fact that you're no longer in the union. It's potential. It's possible that you could actually go after, um, you know, the employer and those individuals civilly because it, if the union, if you're not able to go through the collective agreement, you're not covered by it for that. Yeah, I'm not covered anymore right, because I quit. Right. right. So the union is not. Uh, the union is representing me through the HRTO because we started the procedure before I resigned. Got but, it. You know what I mean? But now I'm no longer there, and and now I've seen all the disclosure, and through the disclosure, I became You've aware seen that, that right. my medical was being shared. Yeah, so what you should the first step of, that, of the process should be to talk to the union and yeah. see if there's anything they can do about that. Right. I did. I did. Okay. And I don't think that they're willing to do this. They're already well in deep with me at the age of Right. Well, but, right? but whether they're willing to or whether 
they they can is different because if they just don't want to pursue it then that's a bit of a different issue but if they're if they actually tell you that the collective agreement doesn't cover it cover the issue because you're 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 resigned despite the fact that it sounds like it happened while you're employed oh i see then if 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 it's actually you're not able to do it then you'd have you could you potentially could have a uh, civil um lawsuit Joanna, we uh, we got to take a uh, short break here. Appreciate the call, and I think you'll want this number to follow up after you uh, get that far. Dave will be there, one 821 5900 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. Hillary, Barbara, Kevin, I see all you guys standing by. Please continue to hang on. We'll get to you after a, a little break here. It's the Employment Law Show, Monday Night Edition on Global News Radio. Welcome back, indeed. Plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions like we've been doing right off the hop, and uh, we love it. Appreciate it. 416-870-6400, stars. 640 on cell or one triple eight two two five talk that number is toll free uh hillary you're up next thank you for uh, for hanging on good evening how are you good how are you great what's um, uh, what's your concern so i was given notice of a temporary layoff effective the day that i'm back due to work i'm currently on parental leave um okay. and the notice was given to me two weeks after i informed them that i would be extending my leave by a few weeks mm-hmm um, and this is actually my second leave, and I did have some issues with them in between my first and second leave. Have you ever been laid off before, Hillary? Or sorry, no. like you've never been placed on a layoff? No. Okay. Do you think? I mean, I, I, obviously, it's extremely, um, you know, the circumstances and timing are extremely suspicious. But do you, what, were other people laid off? Like, do you think this is part of, like of a general layoff? Um, there were other people in the company laid off. Um, they were mostly tradespeople um, within the shop floor. I work um, as a mechanical designer in the engineering department. Okay. So would any of would anyone else like with similar job to you have been laid off? Um, no. No. Okay. I was. I'm the only one in my department. Okay. So unless your employment agreement allows for it, or you've been laid off in the past, a layoff is a termination at common law. Okay. So even though the Employment Standards Act uh, has some provisions regarding layoffs, the employer can only rely on those if the contract says so or if you've accepted that in the past and it's become a term of your employment. I have um, no contract. Okay. So then in that case, it would be you know a, a layoff. You can you have the opportunity to treat it as a termination if you want, and okay. you would get severance. The other issue obviously at hand is you know did they choose to do this because of your parental leave and if any part of their decision is related to that that would be a uh, human rights violation okay so in addition to severance you could actually be entitled to some um you know some damages on account of human rights so i would definitely give us a call so we can actually talk you know go through your uh, whole situation kind of explain how the process would work in terms of uh, dealing with us okay all right. Thanks, Hillary. Appreciate that. Uh, reach out. Good call and uh, do so. It's, it's a pretty smart idea. You called in tonight for sure to reach out after this one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. For the rest, uh, everyone called in here tonight. We'll get to you. The number is 416-870-6400 star 640 on your cell. Barbara, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Hi. Hi. What's going on? Yep, um, go ahead. Okay. So I've been working for a company now for, we're going on five years. I started as a contractor for two. Um, they are growing like a bad weed. The company is American. I had, they had hired a couple people to help me um, at the beginning of the year, last year, and now they let them go because they're calling it restructuring. Um, I, 
have a feeling that I'm being asked to come down there or, yeah, down to the U.S. to train and show them how to file Canadian taxes. And then I have a feeling I'm going to be let go. Do I have any rights? Do I have... I, I know why they're doing this, and I have... It, I believe it's for tax purposes because um, they need to calculate more expenses, more of an overhead for Canada, and then they file, they pay less taxes, corporation taxes. So there's a method to their madness. I just want to know if there's anything that I can do to... Yeah, great question. So... Help my job. Yeah, so... Yeah. They can let you go. They're allowed to make that decision, and um, you know it's their their right to do that. Just the what they have to do is provide you with a severance package. And the way we determine what the severance package would look like is we look at three main factors: age, years of service, and position. The older you are, the longer you've been there, and the more senior and specialized your role, the more you get. Um, they have changed now. My position is now um, they're calling it AP, but I do I do. I've done everything. I started when they first opened up in Canada. So, and my position hasn't really changed. So what? My what? Changed. Right. Yeah. So what type of position is that? Is it an um, accounting role? Account, it's accounting. Yeah. Okay. So, I've so, everything with accounting. Accounting. And how old are you, Barbara? Uh, we're going to say forty-nine. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, we, you're probably entitled to right around six months, maybe, maybe more. Um, you know, as much as eight, So if they do let you go. So, I mean, at this point, they haven't made that decision yet. Um, so you just have to go through, you know, continue to perform your job um, like you always have. And if they do let you go, um, you know, don't sign anything and, and give us a call. We can analyze that severance package. And, and keep in mind that even though, you know, the law would you know, likely give you in that six to eight month range, you know, there's a good chance they, won't, they will offer you less than that. In an effort to try to get the, you know, get you to accept a, a low severance package. So, I believe it. Um, my other question is because they did let the other two employees go. I'm working a lot of hours. Like it's 7:30. I'm on my way home now. Um, I know that even though I work, but my 40 hours is what is on my so-called contract. Um, do I give them the? Uh, additional hours that I am working now, or do I wait, or how, or do I say anything? Because I don't, I don't want to get fired. Right. So yeah. I, I would. How do I deal with that? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I would definitely keep track of the hours that you're performing. Uh, and, you know, I think it probably is the right decision to let them know. And you don't have to do it in a contra- confrontational way or anything like that. Um, you can just say, you know, since these other people left, I've been working a lot. For example, here are my hours. Um, and, and see if um, there's something that can be done about that. And at least you've put them on notice about it. Okay. Okay. They are aware. I did, when they let them go, I was just... I literally asked them, are you looking to have me fail at my job? Because there's no way I can do my job. Right. And was this in writing? It was over the phone. Okay. I I would say that... When they let them go, they called me. I would recommend putting something in writing where you just... Let them know about the increased hours, and uh, and at least you have that. Um, you know, you, you've papered that, and uh, that, you know. So if it ever comes up, you can uh, rely on it. Okay. Thank
Thanks, Barbara. Keep us uh, keep us updated as as things roll along here on the show and uh, outside of the hour of the show during the week and the weekends as well. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Barbara, keep that number and help at employmentlawyer.ca to uh, to carry on through email. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale, or one 225 talk That way is toll-free. Uh, Kevin, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. How's it going, guys? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, just a quick question about overtime. Yep. I'm a federal, federal regulated truck driver, and um, I've been working with... Sorry. Repeat how long have you been working, Kev? Repeat that. We uh, you dropped out. Oh, sorry. I've been working with this company for three years. Okay. And um, now they are paying us eleven dollars an hour on overtime. Now, is that right, or is it? I'm confused with that. Well, what's what's your normal rate? Uh, my normal rate is twenty-two dollars an hour. And you're saying you're only getting eleven if you do overtime? Yeah. So yeah. be time and a half. Yeah, it is, but it is Canada Labor Code, so that's the only uh, oh. only issue there. Um, and when like, has that has that always been the case? Ever since the, well, I well, I first started, it was at ten fifty an hour. When I first got started. Now they gave us a one percent raise, and now it's up to eleven. So I'm just wondering if if that's right. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound right uh, at all to lower the wage rate, um, you know, for overtime. Um, under the Employment Standards Act, for example, it's um, you actually get time and a half for overtime, uh, and that's over 44 hours. So, um, and, and this has been going on the whole time, eh? Yeah, since I've been there three years, and I, I work over 60 hours a week. So, it's, trucker. So, it's a, yeah, it's a huge, uh, huge impact. So, uh, yeah, I, I would uh, recommend giving us a call on this, so we can go through uh, go through the history of this and uh, see uh, see if there's anything we can do. Okay, perfect. Thanks, guys. Kevin, appreciate that, and uh, safe travels. It's a one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to reach out and uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca as well. Going to move on to uh, to Levy. How are you? Good evening. Hi. What's on your uh, What's on your mind, brother? Um, I have a brother-in-law that has been working a little bit short of twenty-five years for. Um, uh, Chain of, or a chain of uh, hair cutting places, mm-hmm. and he was working for the head office for, like I said, almost 25 years. And last year um, they had a meeting, and it turned out that the head office was selling the, one of the franchises where he was working at to a franchisee. Now the franchisee took over and had him sign some paperwork um, stating that now he is employed by the franchisee. And uh, he continues working for them, but he finds this franchisee to a little bit to be a little bit sketchy, and he wants to know if he still has any recourse going back to the original head office uh, outfit that sold the franchise to the franchisee. It would depend on on the nature of the transaction, which you're, you're likely not going to know about right offhand. But so, how long ago did this happen? About a year ago. Okay, so and, and uh, he did not get a. Uh, I asked him if he got a record of employment. He never got one. So I asked him to call Service Canada, and he got one. And oh. it, it, he didn't even get one from the actual uh, employer. And all I read was there was a shortage of work. 
Yeah, you in most cases when there's a um, you know if there's a some type of an asset purchase like that uh, purchase and sale, the termination is deemed to be or sorry the employment is deemed to be terminated. So the you know the you know the the main company there technically terminated his employment, uh, and then he started a, a new job, um, in, you know, new position technically with the you know the the purchaser. Now the issue is though that he's worked for the last year. So he's actually mitigated his damages for an entire year. So let's say even if he was entitled to 24 months of severance pay, he would not get that because he's been earning income from this new company. Further, this new company actually would recognize his service in all likelihood. So, um, I mean, there's probably not he can a lot he can do practically against the old company. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so, his, severance, so his severance, whatever he accumulated... With uh, with the head office is now gone by the wayside. Oh, not at all. No, he would still have his previous service with that with, with you know for the last twenty five years would would be assumed by the purchaser. Okay, and if the, uh, the so purchaser, he, so he's like a twenty. How long has he has he worked for both the, the both companies? About twenty five years was it? Well, had the head office twenty five years, and <clears throat> this one actually not even quite a year, maybe eight months. Right, so most likely, I mean, we'd have to look at the contract and see if there's any any limiting clauses in there. But in in all likelihood, they would still recognize his service for all purposes, in, in, including common law. And what happens if this uh, franchisee, uh, because he is not running the business as the same way as the head office, and let's say the franchisee decides to close up and start up another company? Well, if they if they go if he goes bankrupt, uh, it would be you know it'd be very difficult to go after him for for severance pay. Uh, if he just decides to close you know close his business, you can still go after um, you know there, there'd still be an entitlement there, and you know in, in all likelihood he'd be able to go after them for for severance pay. If for some reason this happened very qu- like soon, like r- you know right about now, he could technically go after the the seller, the the, the head office. Um, he's just earned 20 you know 12 months of or eight months whatever whatever it is of mitigation income so it actually reduces his entitlement by that amount of time okay sorry so if the head okay. off, let's say right now he 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 got let go by this because the uh, this new company um, shut down he could go after the um, the head office and let's say he gets 24 months but he's worked for eight well then he'd only get 16 months from the head office Okay, I understand. Um, now, okay. if the head, if this new company, um, the, the franchisee, let him go, uh, unless there's something in the contract that's uh, extremely, you know, harmful towards him, um, they would owe him severance based on his full, you know, 25 years. Okay, and so he didn't severance. give that up, most likely. No, he didn't. But I just, yeah, you know, like I said, that this this new franchisee is a little sketchy, and he's not running the business property and actually altering. Uh, his his pay and his uh, and his agreement uh, the new agreement that he signed as he goes along. So well, if that's whatever. if that's the case, that could also you know lead to a constructive dismissal. Um, you know if they're changing the terms of employment, uh, you know that could amount to a constructive dismissal and, and could entitle him to severance pay. Obviously, um, we'd want to you know talk to him a bit more you know in detail about the exact you know extent and nature of the changes. But um, that that's another possibility here too. Um, and uh, a lot of people don't like hearing this, but it sounds like there's a lot of interesting uh, issues at play here. So if there is, um, you know, if these are issues that are kind of coming up right now um, and coming up quickly and, you know, he thinks something is going to happen, he should seek uh, some legal advice just to get an idea yeah. of what he would, you know, be entitled to and the best way to go about that. 
Okay, I wrote down your number, so I'm going to pass on uh, my conversation to him and give him uh, the, the number that you guys gave me on the, on the radio to contact you guys. Perfect. Great. Uh, thanks, Levy. Appreciate that. And again, if you didn't get it, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And the email uh, you can use that as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. A good uh, good salvo of phone calls there. The lines are still open. You still got more time to call through. Ask your questions if you want to. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell one triple eight two two five talk. That would be toll-free. So let's get into the topic for today, shall we? Still got some time. That is, no, severance rules are different if for you if dot, dot, dot. You've got a bunch of these. I know you deal with these on a weekly basis when you're uh, when you're at the office, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. A, so uh, we'll get, you know, there's yep. a lot of issues that come up, right, because people are uh, – you know, people Google one, you know, a subject matter, and maybe they're reading something from a different province or country, or there's something right. that's, uh, you know, just talking about the Employment Standards Act. So yeah, it's a huge issue that comes up. Yeah, we love Google Law School. It's a good place to go. Not, not really. I'm not being serious. So no, severance rules are different for you if you are regularly a regular, you know, federally regulated job. Thanks for writing that one down for me, pal. Banking, uh, telecommunications, like radio and TV. And stuff like that, right? Yeah. So uh, the the important distinction there is that um, you know those types of industries are governed um, by the Canada Labor Code. So th- that sets the federal government sets the minimum standards, uh, and in most cases they're less um, when it comes to termination and severance pay than the the Ontario government and the Employment Standards Act guarantees. But both sets of employees, whether you're federally regulated or uh, provincially, are entitled to common law. Uh, severance pay, so that doesn't change. And gotcha. so, if you if you work at a big bank or a, you know a telecommunications company, you're going to be entitled to the same common law severance package as someone who works at a uh, provincially uh, regulated company. Severance rules aren't different for you if you're in the construction industry. We get this one almost daily with people in the construction industry thinking they're different. Yeah, this is a huge one that comes up, and uh, you know, I'd say most of the time that uh, you know we do, a, you know, represent a uh, someone a construction worker who's let go. Even their lawyer comes up and says, "Oh, why? What are you talking about? They're not entitled to severance pay. They're a construction employee." Well, under the Employment Standards Act, that's true. The construction employees are not entitled to termination pay and severance pay. But at common law, they are absolutely entitled to severance pay and, and termination pay, and it's you know the, it's the same factors we look at um, as any other employee: age, years of service, position, the availability of similar employment. So the calculation would be the same for them, regardless. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I think the way you know, practically speaking, that um, you know, a lot of construction workers can find work probably easier than other types of jobs. Uh, so in terms of, you know, when they find, you know, the suitability of, of similar employment um, may kind of hinder their, their severance package. But, uh, and, and, you know, and practically speaking, they may actually um, be able to you know, mitigate their damages and find new work um, quicker than a lot of other employees. But if they can't for some reason, um, and, and, you know, I, I see it come up quite a bit with people who get injured in their construction work because they have some type of injury. So that actually, you know, everyone's, you know, their employer and the lawyer is saying, well, why can't you find a new job? Well, he has an injury that, um, yeah, he worked through, but it's going to hinder his ability to find new work. So if you're a construction employee, you're, you still have the same common law entitlements, uh, definitely. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You have questions about what we're talking about. Maybe you fall under one of these categories or uh, just an employment question in general. Bringing on plenty of time to talk to you. You are uh, Rules are not different for you when it comes to severance if you're a part-time employee either. Yeah, that's uh, another another one we get sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll go th- you know, speak to someone. I'll go through all the factors and everything. And they'll say, "Well, does it change anything that I'm part time?" 
doesn't at all. And the fact that, I mean, the severance package we come up with, whether it's six months or 12 months or, or what have you, um, it just depends on the amount of money, you know, money you make during that time. So, um, you know, that's, you know, I guess it's a factor to the extent that, um, you know, you'll get your part, you know, the wages you would have earned had you continued the hours of work um, during that, you know, notice period, whether it's six months or 12 months or what have you. Again, severance rules are different for you if you're an independent contractor. Hello, this one, this one's endless. We've done show upon show on independent contractors, right? Yeah, it's a big one that comes up, yeah. and uh, you know, every time we uh, again start, uh, you know, litigation on this, the uh, you know, the the employer is always shocked that we've uh, that we've uh, said that this independent <sighs> contractor is entitled to severance pay. But I mean, look, if they're a truly an independent contractor and they have, um, you know, various uh, clients and aren't uh, dependent on that uh, that company, then uh, yeah, they're not an independent contractor not entitled to severance pay, but many contractors that I see um, are, are dependent contractors or employees. And whether you're a dependent contractor or employee, there's no, really no difference. You're still entitled to severance pay. So you could be a contractor, but if you know, 70, 80, 90% of your income is from this one employer, well, they're going to owe you severance pay if they let you go. And that would be what you're classifying as a dependent contractor. Still a contractor, but most of your uh, butter is, uh, you know, most of your bread is buttered by one employer, right? Yeah, that's right. So if you're financially dependent uh, on them, most of your work comes from them. Uh, you know, the law recognizes that uh, you know maybe you're not technically an employee, but you're you're a contractor who's dependent on that employer, and you, you are entitled to the same type of notice of termination and severance as, as an employee, or at least similar. And again, severance rules aren't different for you if you're employed by a small business or a small business owner. We get this one too, the mom and pop shops or the you know the payroll under uh, two hundred two point five million, right? Yeah, that's uh, absolutely right. And uh, you know, I think the the, the first uh, misconception that comes up uh, because of that two point five million, people say, you know, I yeah. looked up looked up on the internet and you know it says I have to have two, they have to have two point five million. They definitely don't. I'm one of their only employees. Um, the other one they say is, well, they don't have the loan. They can't afford that. Um, it's a small company. It's not a big you know huge bank or something like that. Yeah. At the end of the day, uh, it doesn't matter at common law whether you you know you're a small small business, medium business, and you're a large business, multinational uh, company. Uh, the, the severance is going to be uh, the same. Um, you know, obviously, a bigger company is going to have more ability to, to pay it, but uh, that doesn't change the entitlement at the end of the day. So you're saying that if I'm owed 18 months severance for whatever you know your my job, my age, my 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 employment, if it's a mom and pop shop, pizza shop, or a, a similar you know job that has 300 employees, it very well could be the same calculation, right? Oh, it absolutely would be. It would definitely be the same yeah. calculation in terms of determining the you know the legal uh, entitlement there. Like I said, though, you know, obviously, if a company um, you know with smaller companies, they may not be able to pay as easily, and you know, and sometimes you uh, work out uh, arrangements where there's you know paid in installments or salary continuation or or something like that. So. I want to slide over to an email as we get down to the last uh, few minutes here. Mona writes in says, my father just lost his job after 18 years, and he was offered nine months severance. What do you think? Yeah, so it sounds like it's uh, two, you know, two weeks per year service. Um, yeah. You know, it's not an uncommon calculation. Um, you know, obviously it'll... Uh, I, I don't think he Mona provided the age or the the position, but um, you know you're probably looking at somewhere around 18 months. Um, you know if if um, you know he's a bit younger, maybe um, you know it's closer to 15 or 16. And uh, you know right. if it's a you know, more senior position, older, it could actually be more than 18 months. So uh, up towards 20. So I'd say the range is 15 to 20. We'll get to uh, Carlos here or Carlo. Carlo, uh, you got about a minute and a half, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Oh, uh, very quickly, my uh, works for for about five years now. Uh, she went on leave between 17 to 18, went back to the opening for a supervisor role. They said, okay, you can have it for a year. 
who was in that role now decided to come back from their leave, and she may go back to her old job, hmm. which is with the company, but unfortunately that fund, because it's a nonprofit organization, the funding for that particular department is up in March of next year, and then she'd be out of a job. Um, and the position she's in now pays more than that position. So is there any option for her? or So they're essentially not returning her to a comparable job? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. But it, it, it doesn't sound like they're actually um, intentionally doing that. It's because of funding. Is that what you're uh, saying? Um, I don't know if it's... It, well, they get grant from the government, so their funding with that program ends after five years, which is March of next year. Okay. Yeah, I think the, what I'm trying to ask is, like, you don't think they're actually, like, trying to pick on her or, or discriminate against her. It's, it happens just to be connected to the funding, right? Uh, I, I, yeah, possibly. That, like, would, that would make sense, I think. Well, if the funding's ending, that, if the funding's ending regardless of whether she had taken mat leave, um, it, it sounds like, um, okay. So, in all likelihood, it's probably not a human rights issue, um, but they should still, you know, go, go take, um, you know, best efforts to find, uh, you know, point on hardship to find her another uh, position. Um, and, and if they don't do that, it could become a, a human rights issue. And, you know, if they do let her go, if there's no job for her and uh, uh, th- that actually is the case, then they would owe her a severance package. And it could actually be, you know, bigger than what the, the calculator says because of the, the circumstances. Carla, we're going to leave it at that. Appreciate that last phone call of the night. Do reach out indeed. one 821 5900 is the number. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you haven't, uh, we didn't touch on it because we were so busy, but anything else you want to find employment-related, it's a very robust website called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you Wednesday night right here with another edition of the Employment Law Show. Stick around, though. Alex Pearson coming right back with On Point on Global News Radio. Thank you.